You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast, the podcast where we analyze the movie Better Off Dead, one animalistic grunt at a time. My name is Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. And I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. Today we are watching Minute 32, which starts with... Today we are watching Minute 32, which starts with Cartoon Stalin agreeing with Cartoon Beth and ends with Lane Bumping and do Chris Cremens. Tell us all about this minute, Curtis. In the previous minute, we learned that any girl would be overwhelmed with sweat to date Lane, and he decided to prove that by attempting to date Chris Cremens. As the minute begins, Lane makes a mockery of himself in public by screaming back at his cartoon that was telling him to not even try to date Chris Cremens. At 31 minutes and 17 seconds, Lane apologizes to the entire cafeteria and sits down. At 31 minutes and 19 seconds, Chris Kremen stands and announces that she's going to get some milk, which puts the Greendale basketball team ill at ease. At 31 minutes and 31 seconds, Lane looks at his crumpled up piece of paper and declares, watch this, and stands up with purpose and follows Chris. At 31 minutes and 34 seconds, Lane, quote, borrows, unquote, a set of skates from Roller Boy. At 31 minutes and 44 seconds, we cut to Monique, staving off Ricky's chocolate-filled advances. At 31 minutes and 51 seconds, we see Lane awkwardly skating up behind Chris Kremens in the cafeteria lunch line. As the minute ends, Lane crashes into Chris Kremens, who in turn crashes into Michael Jackson Thriller Jacket Girl, which puts the basketball team on alert. Jason, what's the first thing you noticed about this minute? I want to see if it occurred to both of us. Well, I noticed that Beth's friend is in the background looking on. Okay, we're not on the same page at all. (laughs) She is, though. Look at her back there. Yes, in the Freddy sweater. In the Freddy Krueger sweater, as you say. Nowhere near Beth. The first thing I noticed was the sound of the paper crumpling in Lane's hands as he yells at it. Yeah. I think the Foley guy actually had a piece of cardboard that he was maybe busting up as he was doing it. (laughs) Okay, that was the most terrible <laughs> attempted fully of paper crumpling up. That sounds like styrofoam maybe ever. Yeah, that was uh, sound, sounded like a Muppet getting a prostate exam. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's an image. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the scene. This high school is so white. So very, very, very white. Everyone's got their shirt tucked in. Some people without belts, which is weird. That isn't how I learned to do it in high school. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of preppy and a lot, a lot of bohemian types. Like the beatnik girl in the gray sweater. Oh, see, now I always thought of that girl as ahead of her time because she's got like the long sweater and the yoga pants. Or at least, I guess, in the 80s, it'd be tights. Yeah. With leg warmers. Which I guess isn't ahead of her time for 1985. That would be like right spot on. Yeah, leg warmers were kind of the fetish wear at the time. Green beret though, right? Yeah. Okay, I know the girl you're talking about. Yeah. Then you've got the the guy with the uh, kind of checkered vest. Yeah, you could play chess on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His reactions to Lane are pretty priceless. He he looks like he's a mix of uncomfortable and turned on. 
Yeah, biting the lip. Well, here's the thing, though. Remember, it's the 80s. He's got the he's got the earring in the left ear, which means he's not gay, right? Right. Was that was that the code back in the 80s? Earring, left ear, not gay. Earring, both ears gay? I thought it was right ear. Right ear means gay? Yeah. 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 Surprising to look back at these uh, movies that were made in the 80s in the high school and how sort of like open all that stuff was. Yeah. It seems like that's a new thing in society for homosexual people to be out. Yeah. But really, when you think back, it was there. Yeah. Pretty much kind of like starting with the early 70s after the Stonewall riots. You know, you had, first you had, you know, glam rock being like the thing to freak out your parents. Because you looked like a girl. Yeah. Sort of. Or a boy wanting to be a girl. Very butch girl. Which is more freaky to parents than... Well, I don't know. Okay. If you were a parent and your boy comes home, just long hair and dress, just got a nice conservative skirt on, <laughs> looking like a girl, is that better than coming home looking like David Bowie? <laughs> like a girl from outer space. I guess David Bowie's a bad example. <laughs> because from outer space is more relevant there. Yeah. Or, you know, looking like the New York Dolls, you know, looking like a very trashy girl. How many different clicks do we have here? Let's play Splot. Splot. <laughs> let's, let's play Splot the Click. <laughs> How about let's play Kick the Microphone Stand with Your Foot? <laughs> okay, we've got jocks. Yes. We have, I'm going to go ahead and call this guy here... Uh, farmer. Farmer. Right next to him is the uh, Debbie Harry looking girl. More farmer. Art girl. The girl with the coveralls who's looking like she knows the 90s are coming. (laughs) Remember the coveralls in the 90s? Yeah. Man. Bad time for fashion. (laughs) What click is she? She's got like the 70s haircut. She's got like the the 70s Farrah Fawcett haircut. But the 90s, like, regular girl coveralls. It's like she's 90s retro 70s already. Just like Jessica Biel in the remake of... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Except not hot. Ah. Or at least not Jessica Biel hot. But few are. <laughs> Hard to compete. So what, have we, so what have we got so far? Farmers, jocks, 70s ret- retro. New waivers. Oh, yeah. The new waiver. Preppies. Of course, the preppies. You know, speaking of which, what is Lane? Hmm. He's into music. Yeah. He's into sports, kind of, skiing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not really like a focused jock or a focused music geek. He's somewhere in the middle. He's a better jock than he is a musician. That's true. And he's definitely better at everything else than he is at being a mechanic. <laughs> As evidenced by the lump sitting in the front yard. Yes. Darkening the driveway. Immobile. When I was in high school, I don't think I was in a clique. Or was there a clique for that guy by himself? Wait, was I in the trench coat mafia clique? <laughs> you weren't like part of like the computer nerd clique? Or were, were there really in your grade? In my grade, there were a solid three or four people that were learning to program computers. Wow. Back in... Uh, by about 1982, we were at Computer Lab. Someone got in trouble. Oh, it was us. <laughs> we had a minor incident with a local network. I think that's all I'd like to say about that. 
Well, of course, the statute of limitations. But let's let's hedge our bets. Oh, no statute of limitations either. We were caught. <laughs> <laughs> they got us. Now it would be double jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jason? Were you a member of a clique? Well, I, I, I def- guess skaters. I was kind of with some skateboarders there for a while. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, um, I wasn't really, you know, I sucked at math, so I definitely wasn't a math geek. I wasn't a computer geek. I mean, I was maybe a lit geek, if there were, you know, a handful of three or four kids that actually, like, wrote or drew. Um, Actually, if I was part of any clique, it was the heavy metal kids. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't know what to look at me. That shocks me. That shocks me beyond belief. (laughs) I would have for sure guessed you were, like, all black wearing, poem spouting, painter (laughs) kid. That was part of the picture, but... Um, but yeah, I just happened to be into metal at the time and was kind of a scholar of it. So the metal kids actually accepted me as one of their own. Well, for say, if you use the term you, that you were a scholar of metal, I'm forced to believe you. <laughs> there's, there's no way around that. No one who was would not call themselves that. <laughs> so what did you consider metal in the eighties? What was metal? Uh, Slayer, Metallica, Ozzy, Sabbath. Okay. So like the four pillars yeah. Anthrax, Slayer, Metallica, and there used to be four. I used to know all these. <laughs> Anthrax, Slayer, Metallica. Oh, this is good pod right here <laughs> that we're given. Megadeth? Megadeth. That was the other one. Yes. Yeah. Well, back to the movie. Lane is still, would you say he's hallucinating? What, what would you say is going on here with the uh, cartoon that he's talking to? I wouldn't necessarily say hallucinating, but he's definitely lost... In his own head. In a reverie? <laughs> I'd say more like a shame spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you say? He's calling himself a spastic nerf bag. Well, in any event, just like with the other episodes, he ends up giving it away to everyone that something's up. Yeah. Has he come out of any of them yet without yelling at whatever it is he's imagining, thinking about? Nope, not really. Yeah. What did we have? We had the... Oh, wait. No, yeah. He just woke up gently from the one and found the note on his head. Yeah. And then the one in math class, he ended up yelling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And drawing the pregnant... <laughs> yeah, the very rotund pregnant lady. Well, this one, he ends up yelling at the piece of paper that, you're going to be sorry. Someday you're going to want me back. Talking about cartoon bath at this point. Actually, it was Stalin that set him off in this minute. Yeah, you're right. Beth didn't really... Beth really hasn't spoken since, or since second zero on this one, has she? Right. And he called him Oscar Mayer because he's so clever. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say something in Spanish. <laughs> Señor Mayer. <laughs> oh, my God. That just sounds gross. <laughs> Have you noticed how much bounce this paper has when he throws it down? Yeah. So to the sound of uncomfortable crickets, he recovers from that. And that's when we get to find out more about the basketball team. Yes, we find out that they subsist solely on baby food. Baby food. You've seen this movie 20 times? At least. Have you ever noticed the baby food? Not till a couple of viewings ago. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of viewings ago this minute or a couple of viewings ago the whole movie? The whole movie. Going around the table, it looks like we've got baby carrots, what I think are peas, what I think is spinach, and... More peas. 
Does that look accurate to you? Looks pretty close. I wonder if eating baby food was a thing in the 80s. Was that a thing jocks did? Well, it's got essential nutrients, but it's such dainty little jars, though. You know, you'd think they'd be having, like, 32 ounces of baby food. That's a lot of baby food. <laughs> yeah. Think about a 32-ounce cup of soda. <laughs> Good Lord. I would think a meal. Okay, if I, were, if I were making a meal out of baby food, I would think I'd eat at least 12 ounces. Probably no more than 12 ounces. Yeah. 30, or, 32 is maybe like a weightlifter class. Okay, so I looked it up. A seven-month-old can eat 16 ounces of baby food a day. So a full-grown high school athlete who needs to expend 3,500 calories a day because he's on the basketball court, presumably nonstop, yeah. according to this movie. Yeah. God, your disgusting 32-ounce estimate might be right. <laughs> When's the last time you tried to eat baby food? Oh, God. 30 years ago, probably. Okay, well, the answer for me, I've got a nine-year-old, so you can probably guess. Ah. I have a pretty relatively recent memory of it. It is disgusting. <laughs> it is the most unsalted, bland garbage on the face of the planet. <laughs> and I don't understand why babies put up with it. No wonder they spit it out, is all I'm saying. Yeah. They're like four months in going, God, is this my life? <laughs> <laughs> Back to the click thing. Or high school life in general. When they were filming the scene, we probably covered this. They just let the cameras roll and people riffed and did things and were encouraged to act out, I guess would be a good yeah. term. It makes it one of the funniest cafeteria scenes, I think, filmed. Yeah. It really seems like they, they just rolled the cameras and took the time to just get a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it feels, it feels natural. Almost to the point where what's going on in the background could just be its own fun scene yeah oddly enough in this minute there isn't as much life behind the main characters as there is in other minutes so still more than most movies though yeah easily i noticed bray girl is behind when we cut back to ricky and monique with ricky trying to feed monet nah. <laughs> Monet. <laughs> yeah he tries to feed an impressionist painting <laughs> <laughs> when ricky is trying to feed monique Almost an entire bowl of, of chocolate pudding at once. <laughs> uh, Beret Girl's in the background again. Is she becoming your favorite in the scene? Uh, I wouldn't say favorite, but she's watchable. Yeah, she seems to be in mid-gossip in this shot. Yeah. God, this is just so crazy. Ricky has so much to drink. <laughs> he has so much to drink. Not counting the Afrin, which in itself is... When you think about it, something you kind of drink. Yes. Well, the way he consumes it anyway. And a triple, like what even is this? This has to be, okay, so every layer of frosting, when you make a cake, every layer of frosting equals a layer of cake. Yes. It's like cake, frosting, cake, frosting. You work in a deli, you know this. Yeah. So three layers of frosting surrounded by cake on each side. This is a one, two, three, four. Do I have that counted right? Four layer cake. It's at least three. It's just nuts how much there is. And I can't even count them. One, two, three, four, five, six. At least six scoops of ice cream. <laughs> Maybe another one on his plate. I know. It looks like a birthday schooner. You know. Oh, my God. Yeah. One of those, <laughs> you know, one of those like birthday schooners or like a giant banana split. One of those. If you can eat the whole thing, it's free, kids. So then near the end of the minute when Lane skates in, he really nails Chris Cremins. That's her name. Yes. 
hard. I mean, yeah. she's already tiny. Look at like how little her arms are and yeah, how little her waist is. She's just already tiny. Yeah, she's very petite. And he just comes up and just slams into her and gets Michael Jackson coat lady. Michael Jackson thriller coat lady in the process. Have we talked about Michael Jackson coat girl yet? No. She just shows up for the first time in this minute, right? Yeah. Michael Jackson was huge when this movie came out. Oh, yeah. Well, eh, four years before. But while they're filming, it's like two to three years before. Yes. In our school, no one had a Michael Jackson coat. Is that right? Do you remember anyone? I don't remember anybody having one, no. Not a thing. But this movie would suggest that there was one in every school. Well, 80s movies in general... Always had a Michael Jackson coat wearing someone or other. Yeah. It was ubiquitous. This girl, though, is Michael Jackson thriller coat wearing Pat Benatar girl. Yeah. (laughs) She's got the short hair. She's got the makeup, the Michael Jackson coat, and the attitude. Yeah. Just quintessentially 80s. She flashes that dude at Lane when he comes in and smashes into Chris. Unfortunately, Jason, there is not a dang thing I can find about Michael Jackson, thriller, jacket, wearing Pat Benatar girl. Hmm. Although I'm thinking about making her a Better Off Dead Minute mascot. Ah, we will be invincible. (laughs) We are young. No one can tell us we're wrong. Let's not do this again. (laughs) Jason, I'm tapped. I don't know anything else about about this minute. Yeah, I think I've hit the wall on that one, too. I think my favorite characters in this minute are either Chris Kremens or the basketball team. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Chris Kremens because she looks like my mom's receptionist. Yeah, she has that kind of may-I-help-you look. (laughs) Apparently, you don't know my mom's receptionist. (laughs) Did I say, have I been saying mom? (gasps) <gasps> yeah, you've been saying mom. Oh, that's weird, because it's my wife's receptionist. <laughs> Freud. Oh, man. Okay, so the wife is a therapist. I hope she's not listening to this and, like, making any value judgments or judgments about me. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> well, if that's it, Jason, let's say bye bye to the folks. bye bye folks. We would really, really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes right now. And give us a five-star rating. And not just a five-star rating, but a five-star rating and say a few nice words. Help us climb the ranks of ratings so that other people like you can find us. That's the only way we survive. And if you do it, drop us a line. Maybe we'll send you a sticker. Don't forget that you can text us at 712-830-7373. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot to mention that, didn't I? You can find us at betteroffdeadminute.com, which leads to our Facebook page. You can join us tomorrow, Wednesday, for Minute 33. Until then, my name is Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good night.